Joining me this week is an actor, martial artist, and you might have seen his work on the iconic movie, The Karate Kid. So I'm going to hit that music and get started. This week, we have the creator of The Crane Kick, Daryl Vidal. Daryl, yes. thank you for coming off on such a short oh, notice, no too. Problem. How did The Crane Kick become about? Uh, long story long, right? <laughs> I was originally scouted uh, to do be in the movie by the director, uh, John Abinson, who also is the director of Rocky. I don't know if you knew that. So uh, they were actually in going to tournaments uh, in L.A., scouting for a person who could bring some realism to uh, their movie, The Karate Kid. And at the time, I had been a very dominant kata competitor and fighting in Kumite. And so I was competing in this tournament, and after I had won the kata division, I was sitting uh, in the line to uh, to the Kumite competition, and this guy comes up to me and says, hey, how'd you like to be in a movie? So I was like, of course I want to be in a movie. I'm going to be the next Bruce Lee, right? Uh, and uh, so they, without any further auditions, they they invited me to come to the, the sound stage. And, and next thing I know, I'm I'm appearing. And and the kata that I was using, dominating a lot of tournaments, had all those kicks that I do in the Karate Kid. Pretty much every one of those kicks was in this this kata. So for, so if if you looked at the kata, you say, "Wow, here's wow. a guy doing all these crazy kicks," right? So that was the original premise of having me was. All the tornado kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original premise was basically to have me come in and, and compete in the tournament. And then uh, one day during uh, the rehearsals, uh, they came to me and said, "Hey, look, we uh, we have this other move, the you know thing that we want you to do for the movie called the crane kick." Initially, Fumio Demura, uh, you know who he is, right? He's the guy that did the stunts for Mr. Miyagi's fight scenes. He was supposed to do this, but uh, they, he didn't feel up to it. He was he's a little heavier. Uh, and I don't think, you know, he was older. Uh, and so they said, we want you to do this crane kick. <clears throat> so the writer, Robert Mark Kamen, had written about the crane kick in the script. And it basically says, you know, one leg is, is standing on one leg on top of this post uh, and with the arms stretched out to the side. So I said, well, why would you ever do that? <laughs> I mean, that's... You know, that doesn't work for fighting. And they said, well, because it's the crane kick, that's how we want it. So I figured I better shut my mouth and do what I'm told. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd, you know, get kicked off the, the set. So um, I, I listened to him. They said, you know, that he gets his leg hurt, so he has to be able to stand on one leg uh, and then uh, do this kick. Uh, and the way he had written it is they want the kid to stand on one leg, or the old man, actually, uh, and jump and kick. Uh, and then land on the same leg. And I thought about that and actually tried a couple of times. Oh, that's like super hard. <laughs> yeah, unless you're you're jumping, it's like almost impossible. I don't want to say it's impossible. I'm sure there's somebody that can do it. But I tried it many times. Uh, in fact, Ron Thomas, who is another, uh, the other black belt on, on set, he's Bobby Brown. We, we actually discussed it and said, look, here's, here's how it's going to have to work. You're going to do one, one leg up, jump and kick, and then land on the on the first leg that we had up, and then switch back real quick. So I showed them how that looked, and they were they said, "Okay, that's great." Uh, and then I said, "Then they said, uh, but you got to do something with your hands." I said, "Okay, um, I'm gonna start out like this with my hands, kind of like in a Wing Chun guard. And then I'll dip down low, bring the arms out to the side, and bring them out, and then do the jump." 
and that's a great gig. <laughs> Martin Cove, John Kreese, yeah. I have him on video. Actually, my good friend, good late friend, Eric, the trainer, oh. was talking to John Kreese or Martin Cove about, the, about that kick. And he claims that kick was total bullshit and it was illegal, yet that kick looked totally legit because it, basically it was a front kick to the face. And throughout that whole tournament, people were getting hit in the face the whole exactly. time. So why, why are people claiming that kick was illegal? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because um, I think it was a, a mastermind move on the part of the, the Cobra Kai creators because uh, it was never really talked about as illegal until Cobra Kai came out, right? And then, and then Daniels uh, or Johnny says, yeah, that was yeah. illegal, blah, blah, blah. And that kind of created the whole flurry about whether or not it's illegal. But uh, yeah, many times during the, the Karate Kid 1 tournament, there's hitting to the face. Uh, it is a what we used to call a jump, double jump kick. So it's something that you know you could do and uh, it total, totally legal. Yeah. Now, the, the question could be, was it excessive? Because as you know, and when we do tournaments, if you draw blood, create a bruise, or if you snap his head back, we usually call that excessive contact. And, and then you either warn them or you disqualify them. So yeah. at, at best, worst case, it, it would have been a warning. Uh, but yeah, when they came out with this whole uh, it's illegal thing, if you go back and watch Karate Kid 1, they say everything's legal, you know, above the waist. But in Karate Kid 3, they come back and say no hits to the face. So I think people, you know, uh, combined all that together and, and then say, oh, it's illegal. But uh, totally legal, I think. I'm going to play that video of Martin Cove discussing that crane kick on the YouTube video version of okay. this one. So you could see him talking about it. This was just like uh, a year and oh, a half really? ago. So I'll play that for the YouTube version oh, that, of it. It's pretty interesting. Funny. Yeah, to hear. Calling it BS, well, I would never stand in a tournament on one leg. If that was me... Uh, fighting the guy doing the crane kick, all I do is wait for a minute. He's not going to be on his, his one leg very long before you, you bum rush him and knock yeah. him over. <laughs> I always get a kick out of the Karate Kid, how Daniel wins the tournament. Like the third one didn't make any sense to me at all. What, Sean Cannon was throwing a bunch of advanced, like not advanced kicks, but front kicks, round Everything. kicks. And yet for the final point, he goes in for a step forward. He goes in for a step reverse punch. I'm like, I don't even teach my kids to do that. Why would you doing that? Did the, the kata hypnotize him so much that he forgot what to do? Yeah, that's the premise. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's a movie. Exactly. Whatever. You know, I have a great yeah. quote from director John Albinson. I saw him probably less than six months before he passed. Uh, and we were at an event together. Uh, and, the, and I had asked him, I said, uh, did you ever know that the Karate Kid would become as big as it was? And he goes, not in a million years. Uh, and then I, we were tight, kind of talking about the three Karate Kids because he directed the first three. And he said, yeah, the Karate Kid 1 was, you know, a great story that everybody loved. Karate Kid 2 was Karate Kid goes to Okinawa uh, and, you know, meets a girl. And the Karate Kid 3 was Karate Kid 1 all over again. <laughs> we're going to move off that subject sure. now. We're going to go right into the bullying part. What advice would you have for parents if their child is being bullied? What advice? Okay. So the first thing I would say is go ahead and enroll them in the martial arts, you know, get to get them into a class, uh, but, and not really focus on the bullying aspect, just focus it on 
you know, learning what they're learning, learning the kata, learning to spar, and and hopefully, and I don't like to use the word hopefully, uh, but hopefully the, the kid learns the discipline uh, and some, uh, you know, physical uh, self-defense uh, techniques that, that will get them beyond the whole bullying thing. I mean, the best best case scenario is, you know, they never get into an altercation after that, right? They just learn to deal with it, uh, you know, man-to-man, if you will, or verbally, uh, de-escalation, avoidance, uh, because I think ultimately the, those are the type of factors that, you know, get into the, the bullying situation. Funny thing about the Karate Kid is, you know, I think we've all t- kind of joked about the fact that Daniel, you know, kind of kind of brings it on on his own, right? He's he's going after Johnny's girlfriend and, he did. Uh, you know, he's taunting him and, you know, pushing the spray water on the guy. I don't know if that's a true bullying. I mean, they did bully him. They knocked him off of off a hill and he rolls down. So that, that is, but, uh, he had kind of had it coming to him. Yeah. Daniel said some things as soon as, as soon as Daniel found out that he wasn't going to get touched by Johnny and his gang because he had Miyagi behind his back and they had a tournament deal. He did a lot of shady stuff. Like he, yeah, he went to the bathroom on purpose threw that hose on top of Johnny drenched him. Like there's some stuff he could have done. He could have just left things alone and focus on the training, but he chose that's not right. to do that. And that's the, that's what I would be talking to uh, my students about is, you know, don't be causing these type of issues. Now, you know that in the in the filming, there was another scene that got cut out where Daniel uh, does something with a blueberry pie. I can't remember how it works. I think he put it in the seat and Johnny sits on it or something like that. They showed it in a Cobra Oh, okay. Pie. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Daniel's bullying situation. You know, Daniel... He he did some bullying behavior in Karate Kid One, just because he had, you know, he had the confidence knowing that he is not going to get touched by them. What I realized in Cobra Kai is, you know, he kind of was the bully because he is this large auto dealership. He has multiple businesses throughout the valley. Johnny wanted to open up a small time karate school, probably about the size of mine. And Daniel wanted to take him out. Like, why would he care about a small time karate school, even if it was an old nemesis of his? Of his? Who cares? You're a big time auto dealership. Why is that going to affect your life? It's kind of like Walmart taking out yes. the little guy. Yeah. You know the you know the little mom and pop shop in town. So looking back at the show, I I find it kind of funny. Like you know, Daniel, you you kind of right. are a bully too. You no, know, I think I think they did that on purpose because they I think they they drew you know they wanted to to create this turnabout right where Johnny is now down on his luck and, and Daniel is the rich guy like you said uh, and but but he's so conflicted because. You know, he wants to be, like you say, he wants to be this powerful, you know, person, business owner, yet he wants to, like you say, take out the little guy. And he always feels like he's right and he's got to dominate, you know, Cobra Kai and Eagle Fang and they're wrong and he's right. It's like, just mind your own business, you know. In today's world, though, that's not too far off from the truth, though, too. That's how some businesses behave. You know, it's just what they do. And I, even for myself with other, with like, in our industry, in the martial arts industry, sometimes you get schools who don't like each other for no reason, just because 
they're your competition, so-called competition, which right. in reality, you know, if a martial arts school is in your town, there's two martial arts schools in your town. And then people think, well, that's your competition, which is not true because the true competition, if you want to look at a form of the business aspect is whatever the school is doing for sports and activities, because that's your true competition. They're cheaper. Taxpayers are paying for part of that. Um, you can't compete against that. You know, I think, if kids would focus more energy in the martial arts, we'd probably have a lot better, we, we would have more respectful uh, youth and maybe the bullying situation wouldn't be as bad as, as it is right now. Right, right. You know, it's interesting that you say that because uh, there is, I, I live in a small town in California, Murrieta, but that's, you know, there's 100,000 people in Murrieta, so it's not that small, but there's probably 20 karate schools in Marietta. And now the reason I'm different is because I teach through the parks and rec. Uh, that's for the past 32 years, you know, and, and I always kind of hark it back to uh, the karate kid one, because when Daniel says, you know, the mom says, you took karate. And he says, not at the Y. <laughs> and I always feel like, yeah. yeah, I teach through the parks and rec. It's kind of like the Y, you know? Uh, but, um, because I, I teach in the parks and rec, you know, I can kind of make friends with some of these other studios. Uh, they don't seem to be threatened by me. Uh, and for me, my program is so inexpensive because of that, that uh, I tend to get, I don't want to call them the dredges. I, I just I call people who don't necessarily can't afford, you know, $100 or plus a yeah. month to, to put your kid through karate, you know, because mine is half that. One of my instructors, not one of my instructors, my instructor, Tom, he does Parks and Rec and he loves yeah. it. He does like, I think he does like five or 10 of them around in the, in the metro area up in, up in Minnesota here in Minneapolis. And he loves doing it. And I thought about something, you know, that'd be kind of nice because when you do Parks and Rec, you don't have to worry about the overhead of your brick and mortar business. Absolutely. You don't have to worry about... No, the electricity. You don't, have, you don't have to worry about all that stuff. You can just focus on doing what you love and teaching kids martial arts. Right. Is there a solution to our current bullying issue? Is there a solution to get kids to stop picking on each other? Well, I, you know, I think it comes back to, to family because um, you know when you when you have kids that come from. Uh, I mean, I don't want to, but I think when there's a family that has internal issues. Uh, maybe there's no father, it's a single family. Uh, then you have these kids who are looking for, you know, they've lost their way. Um, and so they, they they go and they treat other people badly. I, I think the community in, in and of itself is part of it, but also, you know, where your family is in the community. Do Are you, are you part of the community? Uh, do you participate in other things around the community? Uh, do, do your parents teach you, you know, about respect? Because if you're never taught about respect uh, and being a good person, quote unquote, then, you know, you're never going to have it. And then you only kind of find out the, the tough way after, you know, you turn 20 and you realize you've been a jerk all this time. You know, I, I do see that, you know, um, whereas, you know, if you start a kid out karate and, you know, they... They are peers among others. They have the same struggle. Uh, they're, they're learning to achieve the same thing. So I don't. Even, I don't even think that's just a particularly a martial arts thing. I think anybody who 
who with a good coach, right, with a good trainer, uh, leading his students uh, to do, um, you know, to pursue greatness, if you will, excellence, uh, and, and giving the right leadership. But so from a society standpoint, you know, I don't know. Because, uh, you know, you said you're, from, you're at Minneapolis. I can, I can recall, you know, from a couple of years back where they had all those riots and all the things going. It's like, I think that's, you know, there's something there that, yeah. uh, you know, that, that the community and society needs. But I don't know what that is, though. Daryl, do you think society has a lot to do with bullying today? We see negative, you know, we, and I'm not going to get political, but kids watch the news, see the news talking about a certain political person or whatever, and they can say bad names about that person on, on the news. Or they hear their parents talk about a certain race or religion, and the kids learn from that. Do you think, as a society, we need we just, we just need to stop doing I that? Mean, yeah, I mean, parents are are the front line, right? They're the ones who have the young kids who they're bringing them up uh, in, in in their early ages, and and kids do what. That they see, you know, they, they follow what they're told, and and if you watch a lot of news and it's all negative, or it's all leaning towards one way, uh, and and you don't un, don't learn the aspect of you know of harmony, uh, uh, community, uh, then you know there's no there's no real guidance to prevent something like that from happening. So, but as I think the only way that we can we can do it is by you know, impacting and, and, and talking to the parents uh, because they're the ones who are raising the kids. And again, if, if, if the parents aren't there or they're not doing their job in, in, in teaching these, these young people, then that's where community, community and society falls short. Uh, it's not a simple answer uh, because how do you get to all these parents, right? Uh, but uh, it, that is the key. Uh, I mean, I don't think that uh, anybody in... in in a political forum or uh, you could say church, but you know, how many people go to, to church in, anymore these days? And uh, so it, it does, it does come back to parenting and, and some yeah. sort of uh, want to, uh, to be good, good people and have a great society. Yeah. And a lot of it, I think too, is we need to have our kids need a little bit more structure these days than letting them come home and do what they want, especially that, that darn tablet that kids get to have these days. And I understand that some parents, you know, that can be their form of a babysitter for them. Here, have your tablet, go sit on the couch and do whatever you want. And who knows what these exactly. kids are being exposed oh, to. Yeah. We got TikTok. We got all sorts of social media platforms. That these well, kids as are a perfect, on. Yeah. And as, as a perfect example, uh, you know, TikTok is owned by China, right? Or run by the Chinese. Uh, if you go on TikTok in China, they all the TikToks are about education. They, you know, they're teaching kids. You know, it's kind of like grammar rock when we have little kids. But so all that weird stuff that we see yeah. on TikTok is not in is not shown in China. They only pretty much focus on on uh, you know good things and and learning. But at the same time, that's a totalitarian you know, society. So, you know, we can't say we want, we want that, but, um, yeah, 
Daryl, if people want to get a hold of you or follow you, where can they do Great. that? On Facebook, uh, I'm on Vidal Kempo. And then my last name and Kempo, that's, uh, that's my outside persona. Uh, on Instagram, I have a really dumb one because I, I made it up when I first started. I didn't realize it. I was going to be stuck with it. But it's at, uh, at RockBreakerBoy. Um, and so, yeah. Vidal Kempo on Facebook. Rockbreaker boy on Instagram. And if you want to meet Daryl in person or even meet plain old me myself, we're both going to be at the Voices Heard Summit in Long Beach, California. That is on February 23rd, 24th, 25th. You can get tickets at energymagazine.com. I will put the link in the show notes for that. And energy is spelled I-N-N-E-R-G-Y magazine.com. Daryl, I want to thank you for coming on such a short notice to be on my podcast today. Tim, it's been great. Hopefully you can make this technical issue get past it. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Can't wait to meet you. And uh, thank you for having me. And for myself, you can always find us at our very own website, which is www.breakingbullying.com. You can also reach out to us at our email address. If you have a story of your own bullying to share, or for whatever reason you want to get a hold of us, our email address is breakbullyinghere at gmail.com. Now, if you're a victim of bullying and you don't know where to turn, there is online resources to help you. The first is the government's very own anti-bullying website, and the address is www.stopbullying.gov. And other online resource is www.pacer.org backslash bullying. Now, if you have had thoughts of suicide or of self-harm, we implore you to stop. Reach out to the National Suicide Hotline. That number is very simple. It's 988. I'm Tim Flynn, and thank you for listening. And we will be back next week to continue the conversation to break the silence on bullying.